seven longest yards. Chris and Emily Norton are here, here on Chewing the Fat, and uh, I I started reading the book and I realized, wow, the struggles that I've been through and are going through, nothing, nothing. So Chris and Emily are here in the Chewing the Fat studios to tell me first, what happened? Yeah. What happened? So uh, just 18 year old kid, October 16, 2010, I'm sprinting down field and I see this opening and I'm going to make the tackle and I make a diving play at the guy's legs and I mistime my jump and my head collided right with his legs and instantly I lose all feeling and movement from my neck down. I suffered a severe spinal cord injury. I'm flown out and I'm given a 3% chance to ever regain any feeling or movement back below my neck, which I thought was the end for me. Boy, no kidding. Um, as you know, like I, I started out with, you know, we all have our struggles and, you know, others obviously more than, more than, uh, most of us think. But in the beginning you talk about, uh, um, the obstacles in the very beginning is when you realized how important your outlook was. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. You know, my whole 18 years of life, I was consumed with my athletic ability, my identity and my physicality is this identity of being a man, this protector, and then everything just got thrown away. Like everything that I believed in to be true about who I am and the strength that it comes from was just gone. And I had to learn to focus on the things that I do have and what I can do and what I can offer. And I realized that people value that. They didn't value how fast I can move or how strong I was. They valued about who I was as a person. And I began to focus on those things and just staying positive, focusing on all of the blessings I have in my life. And that gave me energy. It gave me motivation, gave me a positive outlook and uh, it gave me the courage to keep going. That's uh, gotta be hard on an everyday level, right? I mean, yes, that sounds great. And, you know, overall, that's what you grab onto. Mm -hmm. But day-to-day living, you got to think twice about that sometimes. You've got to let yourself fall into that negativity, right? Oh, yeah, you're human. Anybody's going to feel bad or sorry about something, especially when you go through a life-altering situation. And it was really tough in the beginning. Going to sleep at night was the worst. I cry myself to sleep. I'm wondering, how could I ever live a life like this? I'm, I'm immobile from my neck down. I I can't do anything that I, I love to do. Like, how am I going to ever live a life that I want to live? And it was tough. And you just, during the day, you just gravitated towards things that would distract you. Yeah. That would help you get just an inch closer to your goal and your dreams. And that's really what I consumed myself. And just, I, I had to, it was like a survival instinct. Otherwise, I would have just fallen apart. So the book, The Seven Longest Yards, uh, you two uh, are obviously, you know, married, and uh, we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, but uh, the book comes out uh, in July, right? So you can pre-order the Seven Longest Yards right now on Amazon or wherever you wherever you purchase your books. Uh, <laughs> you can pre-order it right now. Uh, as I as I was looking at this, I'd kind of like to maybe just go through a few of the just a few of the chapters and have you give a a one sentence, maybe a run-on sentence uh, recap 
of what you felt when you were writing these chapters, like the the 3% chance we kind of covered that. Um, let's talk a little bit about finding Emily, and maybe we just reverse that, too, in Emily finding Chris, too. So maybe we, you know, we get both of you involved. Finding each other. Mm-hmm. You know, the chapter, obviously, is finding Emily. And, oh, see, my heart breaks for that. <laughs> but really, you found each other, right? Yeah, we did. We definitely found each other. We uh, came across each other online and uh, had an instant connection. Emily would hit... I ask all these hard hitting questions, like really personal questions. And I didn't take offense to it. I was really open to it. Just ask me, what was it like going through your injury right after your life was just flipped upside down? And it allowed me to be vulnerable and open up about myself. And it just made me more comfortable in my own skin. So uh, kudos to her for just being really personable. (laughs) So you you met online, right? And then you met online through which dating app? I mean, (laughs) Whatever we're looking at, you know, we just say, you know, it's doesn't add anything to the story, so we're just like, you know, it's just online. Um, just, yeah, we just leave it at that, really. We just yeah. leave it at that because yeah. I mean, I'm thinking swipe right, is all I'm saying. <laughs> you know, that's not a bad guess, that's all I'm saying. I'm just, okay, we'll just leave it there. That's fine, we'll leave it there. All right, so now over the years, you talk about uh, one of the chapters is Olympic level training. Now, uh, you even talk about not being able to, uh, not being able to move uh, from the neck down, but you at one point in a 3% chance to even really do anything, right? I mean, be any kind of a productive life at all. Um, Olympic level uh, training uh, got you to where? What, what did that do for you? And, and how, I mean, are you still doing it? Are you doing that? Is that what's keeping you going? Is that what's, that's, is, is that what assisting you? So, I mean, that first couple of years, like that's what I was obsessed with. Like I thought I have to be able to walk in order for me to be happy and live an independent life. Like that's what I need. And so like found this great gym, Barwis Methods, and Emily's the one that discovered it for me. And uh, just really both of us focused in on, you know, four to six hours of training every single day and uh, just maximizing every single opportunity to just get as much recovery back as I could. And it led to being able to walk across the stage of my college graduation, which was four and a half years after my injury. And I walked across with Emily and I proposed to her actually the day before, and which is just over a little over four years ago. Wow. Um, I proposed to her, which I was way more nervous for that proposal than actually walking across the stage. Um, but it went really well. It was a moment that, you know, we thought was incredible, but then it just went viral and went all across yeah. the world. So when you, uh, oh, you're going through all this struggle, you're still going to school. Right, I mean, you're still yeah. studying and doing your Olympic level training, and you're trying to graduate. and And your goal is, I'm going to graduate, but I'm going to walk across the stage. And you did it, right? I mean, you hit the goal. Yeah, it was tremendous. Hit, hit the goal, and it was just, uh, uh, you know, just a dream come true. It really was. It and was, you got married the next day, right? Right after you graduated, walked across the stage after you proposed to her. You were married just like that, and nothing bad happened in the. <laughs> That's in how and the, the walk up to the wedding, right? That's how a fairy tale, <laughs> right? That's what I, should that's what go, I, right? I mean, but it didn't. And, oh, you I know, must this, have read a different this, book. Yeah, this, this is a, <laughs> a, a a true story where you know, not a, not a fairy tale story, but it's very real and raw, and I think that's where people are really going to enjoy about it. Um, as we go down here, uh, let's talk a little bit about um, finding faith again uh, and how important that was to both of you. 
Yeah, I mean, that was a, so important for us. We both grew up in families that faith was important. Um, but when college happened and um, it kind of just veered away from us, I went through a really dark time of depression and struggling with that um, right after the graduation walk. And um, wow. so I open up a lot about that in this book, which I've never opened up about before. But I know that there's so many people out there who are struggling. I know what it's like. And I never want anyone to ever feel like they're alone, um, to feel like there's no hope, because that's where I was. Um, and, uh, just really what I went away from my faith for a long time because it was too hard to face what was happening. Like mm-hmm. I didn't know why I was feeling the way I did. Um, I grew up in a great family, had a great life. Um, I really immersed myself in trying to help other people and help other kids who weren't as fortunate. You um, obviously were in love. You were, I mean, yes. you, you felt like that life was there and you're still cowering in a corner, not wanting to face the day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So I buried it down, extremely independent, wanted to do everything myself, felt like I couldn't go to God or any anybody else. Um, nobody knew because I had this, this view in my mind that I absolutely had to do this myself. And if I didn't, then I'd be in, in trouble in life if I had something really bad happen. If anything ever happened that was so bad, if I couldn't figure this out when I've gone through nothing difficult, then I'm in trouble for life, right. which prevented me from getting help for a really long time because I had that view. Um, but once I started, we started going back to church and um, that was the turning point where I was able to get the strength to go actually and get um, medical, like mental health therapist, um, get on some medication to level out everything. And um, it changed it all. But I suffered for way too long because of how stubborn I was. I mean, that's that's great that you're able to that you're able to talk about it now. And hopefully that will help a lot. Look, um, you know, and then uh, as we build up to the the wedding and and you obviously, you know, made it to the wedding and it was a a, a wonderful thing uh, walking down the aisle. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. the same as you did the same as the college walk down the aisle with the wife. Right. Yep. Uh, and another huge goal met, met. But you also talk about uh, fostering children. Mm-hmm. Is that still important in your life uh, now as it was when you wrote the book? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So we've actually adopted five kids. Um, five. Do- we have five girls from the ages of three all the way up to twenty years old. Good Lord. And um, we've adopted them out of foster. And I do mean good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> we love it though. Um, we just actually a few weeks ago said goodbye to two little kids that we had. We are continuing fostering. So we had seven kids at one time, which sounds insane, and we never thought we would ever do that. But we've just stretched ourselves and stretched what we believe God's calling us to do. And um, it's amazing to be able to just pour love into these kids who don't know what love is, don't know that they're special, and just helping them to realize those things, there's nothing greater. How difficult is it, I'm going to take a side note for, uh, how difficult is it now when when you're fostering children, the opportunity for them to be adopted and move away from you? Uh, is there right all the time? I mean, that's part of the deal, which is why yeah. you ended up adopting some because you don't want to see them be adopted by anyone else, right? Right. Uh, how difficult is it to uh, let them go? Oh, it's extremely difficult. Um, we have ha- actually fostered seventeen kids, so we've said goodbye to twelve of those. Um, <sighs> and you love them like they're your kids. Yeah. Like some of them are harder than others. Some of them you have greater connections with. Some but... of them are like, get the hell out! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for stopping. <laughs> No, I'm just no, no, it can be hard at times for sure with their behaviors, but um, it is like it, that we've never had with any of the kids ever where it felt like this is not worth it to say goodbye. Um, we look at it 
as it's it's all about your perspective that you have and just knowing that you did what you could with the time you had because the, the goal of foster care is to reunify them with their family um, so a lot of our kids we stay in contact with still and have become really close with their families That's with their great. parents and I've been able to support them which makes it easier when they do say bye um, and just knowing that you did what you could and you made an impact and um, the kids have they've made transformations in our home when they just get love and support and it has not been easy and it takes a lot of time but it's amazing to see those transformations and you know that you impacted their life that's that's fantastic okay so uh now the the book seven longest yards and uh chris and emily norton are joining us here uh in the break room on chewing the fat now as i was going through this uh it seems to me that this book and you can pre-order it now it'll be available uh if there's still bookstores in july uh, left in america uh you can go ahead and find it there or you can just order it online and just have it delivered to you when it's available uh is the easiest thing to do uh the seven longest yards by chris and emily norton um, as i was going through it uh I, all i could picture was this uh being a television show uh, made for TV, made for Hallmark. Um, so, are you? Has the screenplay already been written? Are you? Are you, you've already cashed the check? You're already ready for the TV. <laughs> Who's going to play who? Who's going to do who? That has to have been an already done deal, right? Because if it isn't, <laughs> we need to talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what is really exciting is that we do have a documentary coming out called Seven Yards. The Chris Norton story, which, uh, you know, obviously it's documentary form, not a Hallmark right. the, uh, theater film, but uh, we're really excited. It's the beginning. For that. Yeah. The beginning, we can so we can still get the screenplay going for the for the for the, the, the the masterpiece on yeah. Hallmark. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, and the group is based in Dallas too, which is uh, nice. where we're at now. Nice. But they're a great group, Photolanthropy, and so we're excited for when that uh, eventually will air on people's screens. When are they still? When are they looking at for that? A couple of years uh, um, away from today, or yeah, we're probably a couple of years out. They're in uh, post edits and pretty exciting. Oh wow, we've done all our, a bunch of filming already. Yep. That's great. Pretty exciting conversations behind the scene with distribution, but there's nothing right right now right. that we can announce. So, well, I mean, it's a start. You've begun. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk later. <laughs> uh, all right. So, with the book, um, the Seven Longest Yards. What's the number one thing you want people to take away from the book? The number one thing. I know there's, I mean, there's all kinds of things that you want people to take away with, with love and, and coming, back to, coming back to faith. But if, if pressured, the number one thing you want people to take away from this, Chris? I would say that our lowest moments can be the source of our greatest blessings. I think that there's so many times where um, we're going to go through valleys, we're going to go through just real difficult moments, and we can actually use those as a source of strength and a source of uh, blessing later on. But we just got, you just got to keep going. Emily? Yeah, I would say that. Um, Don't take what he said. I won't. Don't do it. <laughs> Um, I would say that sometimes you can, you might feel like it's the end, but God could create a new beginning and use the pain that you're going through and turn it into a purpose that can be greater than what you ever imagined. I never thought that I would be me again when I was struggling that time. Like I felt like there wasn't hope, but there is absolutely always hope and God will work everything together the way it's supposed to. Chris and Emily Norton, the book, The Seven Longest Yards. Thanks for coming on Chewing the Fat today. It was yeah, great. Nice meeting you. you. Yeah, too. thank you. An amazing couple. Just an amazing couple. Uh, remember to subscribe to Chewing the Fat. Thanks for listening to uh, the Saturday broadcast. It's just a quick, uh, quick interview just to get you through the weekend. Uh, remember to subscribe to Chewing the Fat. Please? I mean, I, I asked nicely. So if you're listening to this interview, subscribe. If you've already subscribed then for sure rate and review it 20 stars best podcast ever so other people find the podcast uh 
if you aren't a subscriber, I don't want to be mad, but I mean, you're freeloading really is what you're doing. So, I mean, you should really subscribe and it's not that expensive. Um, because actually right now today if you were to subscribe right now it's free i know you're welcome i you know what i went through to get these people to make it free today for you but i did and they have so subscribe it's free today and then you know pass it along tell your friends tell your neighbors heck tell the people you don't even like you see somebody you don't like just say hey you gotta listen to chewing the fat you'd probably like it and move on that'd be a good ad for me so Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Subscribe or pay the price.